Okay. And we are we are live. Uh good evening, Mr. Mashang. Um just to introduce myself, uh my name is Mbuso Makitla. I'm the executive director of the Tenality Educational Movement. And today we have you here uh to get a few words from your side and get insights of um this genius of a man as we've heard uh, a bit about you but i don't want to take your spotlight i would like you to introduce yourself and tell our audience who you are um and just setting the tone um welcome mr mashang you can take the platform um thank you very much uh, mr makitla my name is joshua mashangu i'm known as kemit thailand uh, dk um ochoshua was born in denelten uh, some years back uh, i was born and i grew up in denelten and i even uh, started and even finished my schooling kona in denelten then thereafter i went to further my study at tswana university of technology i did my diploma in veterinary technology my btech in veterinary technology and now i'm specializing i'm doing my masters in veterinary technology yeah so that is joshua mashango in a nutshell mm, that's quite impressive ah uh, mr mashango is still with us yes i'm still with you yes i was just saying that's quite impressive um to see where you're coming from and how far you've worked to get where you are right now um after we've gathered that we'd just like to know um how were your surroundings or environment while growing up um how would you describe the place that you are from eh yeah growing up at nintendo it was not easy you know i remember sakula when we started our schooling we used to travel about 4 to 5 kilometers to go to school because i would travel to sijing and sijing was very far because back in 2003 when i started my grade 1 schools were were were, were not much in denelten then i would travel to sijing it was a single trip 4 kilometers 4 to 5 kilometers then you also had to come back home it means per day we used to travel about uh, plus or minus 10 kilometers so growing in that environment it was not easy but because we always wanted to be somewhere in life that did not discourage us instead it motivated us to work hard or to work smart uh, yeah so ngathi ngitukhulele denelten it was very 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 difficult uh, but we we managed to make it to be where we are today okay okay um that is quite a touching story and i think it's very motivational for a lot of people to hear where some leaders eh when you were in denelten one of the struggle you know it was the water struggle you know people in denelten we have been struggling with water for quite a long time you would come to school and then you are tired now they tell you no amaze yaphuma after putting your bed down now you have to rush you must go fetch water so it was not easy man you after fetching water 
then you have to come back, wash your T-shirt after washing your T-shirt or your school uniform, and then you have to do the homeworks. Uh, well, now the papa is already too late. In that surrounding, man, it, it was not easy, especially when I think about the issue of water. Hey, we used to, hey, we used to struggle. And it's very painful because even today, uh, people in the nl uh, are still struggling. I mean, I that's when like I feel like oh what a relief because I don't have this boy. Pussy creeban push sometimes a man's a figure a ten so we are forced to tomorrow we are going to school. So growing up in Tennelton it was not easy. You know it was not easy at all. Yeah yeah um I, I think a lot of people, uh, me included, can relate to issue of manzi. Like, is Andra, I even proof because in Golovani, I love my papa is Andra. So, yeah, um, a lot of us can relate. Hence, I was saying, it's actually motivational to see how people actually have worked on themselves to get this far. And yeah, like from your story right now, I'm gathering with you did Eloy primary education, Yako, SHN. Then where did you do your um, high school education? Okay, I started schooling at CHN primary school 2003. Then I went to Paledi in 2006. I started my higher primary education at Paledi. From Paledi, then I went to Endota Combined School. Then I matriculated at Chechane Secondary School in 2014. Yeah, that's when they, after I took a gap year, after that, in 2015, I was at home, you know, the strike at home, you didn't have enough information and stuff like that. Then in 2016, I went to the University of Technology. Okay, okay. That's quite impressive. That's quite beautiful, actually, to hear. Um, as I hear right now that you took a gap year in 2015, I would just like to know, do you feel like your high school, um, which was Tejani uh, at the time, prepared you enough for your, I would say, higher learning education or for what comes after high school? Hey, what a tough question. But to be quite honest, I don't feel like the secondary education prepared me for life after metric. I had to strike ill after uh, grade 12, had to take a gap year. No one came to advise us what to do. Life in general, we're not prepared. Hence, even when we're uh, uh, doing our first year at the tertiary level, we struggled, man. We, we knew nothing about varsity life. And I think the cause of that is how life orientation is taught in our schooling. Uh, they don't come and teach you and prepare you. And then after that, you know, Thomas born. And you know, when you are doing science, you are just told to focus on maths. You are just told to focus on physics, uh, life sciences, or geography. See, that is the most important thing. But when it comes to life orientation, uh, say, no, that is the simple subject. Uh, you don't even have to revise it. So we had that mentality. Little did I know that uh, life orientation, according to me, or after, uh, after my visit or higher education, I realized that life orientation is the most important subject, way more than uh, physical science and mathematics. But yeah, 
it was what it was at that time. You had to study math, uh, practice math, and, and study physical science and life sciences. Those were the most important subjects. And the subject that was supposed to prepare us for life, it was ignored. So that is why we were not well prepared. Or that I say my secondary schooling did not prepare me for life after metric. I had to start from scratch to prepare myself. So yeah, that is what I can say regarding uh, that question. Okay, okay. Um, sounds quite um, quite the challenge even. Um, and yeah, again, you deserve like a huge round of applause for throwing yourself um, out of that dark place to actually get yourself in university. Because some end up giving up or just doing your, um, I would say, hard labor at home, like and uh, digging, like what's this, like pit holes and all of those, because they just are trying to make a living, but do not know what the next step is, and that is actually great to hear that, even though um, you may start on a back foot, if you work hard enough, you can actually push and persevere to even find yourself at like a higher institution of um, learning. Um, as much as you did touch on what you studied at university, uh, do you mind telling us why did you choose that career path? You know, I've always wanted to see myself at the laboratory. Since 2010, and that's when I was doing grade eight in 2010, uh, I've always imagined myself working with blood. I've always imagined myself working with different kind of fluids. So it has always been a dream to work in the laboratory. Now, as I continue with my studies, somewhere in grade 11, I had to make a decision whether I want to work with human or whether I want to work with animals. And I realized, no, no, no. Human beings are problematic. I don't want to work with human beings. I just want to work with animals and treat them with love and care. And I just want to be their voice in the laboratory, understand their language, that when they say this animal is sick, I want to understand their language and do my utmost, uh, utmost best to help those animals. Yeah, and that's why I ended up doing veterinary technology, a, a TUT because I've always wanted to be the voice of the animals. I've always wanted to be the representative of the animals. And I'm glad that uh, I'm, today I'm working in the same field of uh, veterinary. So, you know, it's, it's few people who will study for a particular course and ended up working in that field. So I can say I'm one of those fortunate people who happened to study vet and then ended up uh, practicing it. So I'm happy. Uh, it has always been a dream, so today I am living my dream. Though it is fully my dream, but I can say I'm, I'm now living my dream, man. It has always been a dream to work in the laboratory. Since 2010, after 10 years, I'm in the laboratory doing what I've always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, that's quite uh, motivational and inspiring. I wouldn't even lie. Um, yeah, you seem like a driven person and someone who literally has this inner confidence or inner belief. So, I guess, um, 
like I would like to to know like who or what actually inspired you growing up well they say uh, experience is the best teacher isn't it uh, you learn uh, there are many things that can wrap up what we are asking there are my, my sisters who have always motivated me to be at my best those people have always been there supporting me when i was down they were always there but again experience you know growing up in that environment man motivated me more than anything i said i don't want to see myself or my children bapuche in global i don't want to see my kids but travel at the same distance that i've traveled and uh, the most painful part and the most uh, painful experience it happened in 2014 when we were doing grade 12 uh, when we were doing grade 12 somebody came to our school and now i'm going to assist you to apply at the university and then the person came and then we were requested to bring 250 because he was going to apply for us at the university of johannesburg which is known as ug Little did we know that this crook is taking the money out of us. The money that even we didn't have. Came, we paid 250, we were 10. Little did we know that at UJ application was free of charge. The person came, demanded a huge amount of money only to find out that he was applying online. I am not saying we were not supposed to thank him. but what he requested and how he put his story it was totally unfair to us he was supposed to be honest with us that he's going to help us and then we will have that little to thank him to say thank you who assisted us but he didn't do that so all those elements combined they motivated me and they said to me they spoke to me and they said to me you need to be at your best you need to ensure that the next person does not experience what we have experienced and that is 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 my daily motive each and every day when i wake up i look at myself in the mirror and said i am the best and i'm going to do the best and i'm not going to let the next person experience the same path that i have experienced in my life so those are the things that motivate me on a regular daily basis i remember the story of how we robbed our money my sisters are always there they are even still there even today they are supportive they are always there when i need them they are available and the members of the prestigious organization internet educational movement they are always there they always give me a motive so yeah those are the things that keep me motivated on a regular daily basis okay okay ah uh, that's quite a touching story um like uh, I even feel the pain inside of me because yeah um, it's, it's painful if you think about it if you you think about it is is really painful that somebody will come remember yeah you know when you are at home emakale spila ngemali zabo gogo spila ngemali zama grant if someone comes and demand that amount it's, it's a lot of money man it's a, it's a, it's a lot so that thing motivated me to say that must come to an end it should never ever happen to anyone in tenelten so it is not a nice story our our i always say to people my path it was never an easy path 
It was never an easy path. But out of all that, I didn't want to give up. If I give up, that is, is a question that I always ask myself. If I give up, yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> but yeah, um, back to that guy scamming you and you learning that um, in a harsh, I'd say a harsher way, is that one of the reasons that made you want to start um, a non-profit organization? Like, would you say that what was one of the things that sparked you or pushed you towards that direction? You are 100% correct. I said to myself, what happened to me must come to an end. No learner in Tenelton should experience the same experience. That motivated me every day. And I said, one day I will have power and strength to start something that will help young people in Tenelton. Then in 2016, on the 28th of December, I went to present this idea to some of your colleagues and say, guys, I'm starting this thing. Uh, they thought maybe I, Joshua was playing, but I was serious. I started, I started a Facebook page to say, in Tenelton, we will have this. Then I contacted them to say, I'm moving. I will keep on looking for people who will assist me to achieve the objective. Then uh, I, I, we contacted one another, 29, 30, and then on the 2nd of January, 2017, I found them say, but guys, there is this thing that is existing. Can we meet, come up uh, as a team and, and do these things? And fortunately enough, some few people whom I've uh, contacted, they came and the Nintendo Educational Movement was formed on the 3rd of January, uh, 2017. Uh, the objective at the beginning was to stop what happened. The objective was to assist the grade 12 learners to apply at the higher institution of learning and to assist them free of charge. So it is all because of the story behind. You, you get my point. So we didn't want that to happen to the next generation or rather I say to the young ones after us. We had to put a full stop at the end of the day. And that's how the Nelton Educational Movement was formed. It is the story behind us, the story of being scammed to 150. Hey, that man, man. Yeah, yeah, I do understand. So, Educational Movement, how many were you guys? Um, like, just just tell us, like, what was this, the situation around? How was the feel, the mood? Um, just take us back there as if we were in the room uh, when everything happened. It, it was a nice feeling, I don't want to lie. You know, those guys, we were seven, yeah? uh, we were seven. Those guys um, we, we were so motivated, they were so happy. Everyone was happy. The atmosphere, man, you could see but everyone is happy. Uh, we started the, the organization, we met in Kumbula Satang and the Eman you stand him. Uh, um, May his soul continue to rest in peace. Um, stand. I, it was nice. Everyone was motivated. Everyone was happy. 
I think it was Amariza Then we met on the 10th of January, we agreed days and organization. On the 4th of January, we went to Emute and then to say we are going to present our organization. Safiga Emute. Satola, oh, station manager, Miss Telebuts in the Dasapi Saniskate Sitenai. Angafunu was Nyezu Moya. I still would know there are people who come here, use the air to make a benefit for themselves. You understand? Is Nusin Jalomara Sakonism convincing a witch no man? We are not those kind of people. We have got something that we want to achieve. Excellent Savomela and I gave good as Nyezu Moya Sapuluma. Uh, would okay find this, this organization econ light and ten uh objective wabo is one two three so uh for so minutes and I said season season and that was the part of the ten educational movement nam shine also you wanna cool yeah cool and tobala eh satomando tawuzi ma c seven but I maybe even we didn't even have a constitution we knew nothing about the constitution but through Mr. Lubutu was telling about we need to register a demo. And then we did exactly what he said. And them got registered on the 24th of January, 2020, uh, 2018. Okay. Um, that was a great and a pivotal moment right there. Um, have you perhaps went back to Mr. Lubutu to just check up on him or just to Mr. Sandlanji? Would he thank you for giving us the guidance um, when we were just uh, immature and naive and didn't know uh, like anything or what the direction was going forward? Yeah, I did. I did. Several times I spoke to him. I thank him. Even on our celebration, our fifth year celebration, I did invite him, even though he was busy, but I did uh, send an invitation to him to say, uh, you remember you once helped us back in 2017, come and see the organization where it is now. But unfortunately, he was busy, but I will forever be grateful of his uh, effort, his advices, and everything that he did for us. Because ever since that day, we never struggled together uh, on MCRS. So I am grateful for what he did for the organization. Okay, okay, that that actually is um, a bit touching. Um, that you are like appreciative of the efforts that people do for you, because um, some people but never give back, but uh, as we've seen or as we've heard from your story, you are not that type of person as like starting an entire organization that's non-profit that will actually eat from your own pockets um, that's going to show with the, you do want to give the little that you have um, but now a question that I want to ask you is starting this organization is obviously a big deal and we've seen how it has grown and became what it is today like how have you dealt with uh, a failure or like missing a target Say you wanted to apply for 10 learners and you end up applying for three. Um, obviously, given how you started the organization, that would actually hurt you or would not sit well with you. How have you dealt with missing a target or um, feeling like um, Martini, a, a goal was missed or this is a sign of failure? Like, how have you dealt with such things? Well, I'm passionate about what I'm doing. My failure is my lesson. My failure is my teacher. When I set myself a target to say I'm going to reach this and now I don't reach it, then 
I, I, I go back and check where did I went wrong? What happened because I had this target? So how come did I not reach my target? And then I have the traceability. I check everything, which, what happened. Then I figure out. Then I work on improving that. So I'm always working on improving my weaknesses and try to turn them into strength. So that's how I've been dealing with it. So long as I am able to figure out what is the problem, what went wrong, then I'm able to keep myself motivated to say, come next day, I'm going to assist this number of learners. And I keep on increasing the number, keep on increasing the target so that I keep myself motivated. You, you get my point. So yeah, that's how I've been dealing with it. I check what went wrong, why didn't I meet the target? Uh, yeah. Then thereafter, uh, I tried to fix uh, whatever that went wrong. Okay. 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 Um, that's a that's a very uh, was this effective and a good way to deal with failure because um, it's reflecting on what you didn't do right so that you can correct it. Um, like Moya Pambili, and okay, that actually sort of makes sense. Um, so now we've heard of Ujoshua, where he's from, uh, where he studied, and the organization that he started, also along with how it was started. Um, let's get a bit, I would say, a bit more professional right now for the kids about Funa um, your field that might be interested. Like, how difficult is it to get into your profession? Um, like from your experience, put you in a usuga literally eight and eight in Makaya, and right now you are in a, like a housing the, the the bright city light. Um, how, how difficult would you say? <laughs> yeah, how difficult would you say it is starting from where you started to getting um to that prestigious institution? Well, everything requires passionate. You must be passionate about what you want to do. If, if you are not passionate, you will have some difficulties in veterinary technology. And you know, I always say to people, veterinary medicine is more difficult than the human medicine. Look, human beings are studying one species, only one. We are studying more than five species. When you do the anatomy, you are doing an anatomy for human being. We do the anatomy for bovine, we do the anatomy for caprine, we do the anatomy for, for, for different kind of animals. And we have to know them by hate. So if you are not passionate with vet, I don't advise anyone to come to vet if they are not passionate. It requires love. It requires passionate. Then if, if, if you are passionate about it, you will never experience difficulties. I remember one time when there was this course, man, uh, this module, uh, it's called helminthology. I even gave it and say it's healthy in the mythology because that subject you would study different um, worms with their life cycle, how they reproduce. Hey, that subject used to show me some flames. Eh? You know, if I was very good with uh, cheating, ah, I, <laughs> I would have done something man, because it came to the point that I even accepted that, no, I failed this module. I'm not going to graduate on a record time. But by the grace of God, things happened. Eh? Then I, when the results came, I passed the module. But how I passed the module, I cannot even explain even today. I, I say that was God giving. God just gave me and say, no, man, 
you don't deserve to to, to feel but like i'm saying you you must be passionate to work with different kind of animals you must have love for animals if you don't you will find it difficult everything will be difficult for you so it requires passionate your life is not difficult if you are passionate but if you are not uh it will be very difficult well there are also not uh, not much of differences between the veterinary medicine and, 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 and human medicine it's only few things that are different because we do some of the courses uh, i mean some of the module with them so it's not that uh, different so all what you need to do is to commit yourself is to be passionate about the course okay okay um that seems um i would say i wouldn't say easy but uh it needs like passion and wherever you take passion is a very like i would say deeper place uh you need to be driven for you to be passionate about like anything uh there's this quote i don't know who this person was he said or she said um do something you're passionate about and you'll never work a single day in your life is it something along those lines which from what you're saying right now seems to be true and seems to be working so um yeah thanks for 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 that insight and i would just like to ask you like in your own opinion in your own view and i hope it's not biased by the way <laughs> uh do you think your your profession will still be relevant and existent in the next uh 20 to 50 years like do you think we can still invest in it such that um a child watching this 8 years from now um watching what Joshua talk about this and may want to study it do you think it's still viable for us to invest in it such that it would still be viable um like 30 years down the line at 30 years is too small man even the 100 generation to come will still find vet so long as they are human beings vet will continue to exist because veterinary uh, when you do anything that is veterinary related you are also working with human being indirectly there are diseases we call them zoonotic they requires the vet and the veterinary technologists or the para veterinary uh, uh, personnel to to deal with such so we we can't say now a vet will die in the next 10 years or 20 years to come why because we have to treat the zoonotic diseases why because we have to inspect meat before it goes to the market why because we have to inspect all the food uh, uh, animal product before they go to the market the milk that you are drinking we have to check it if it, it contain no zoonotic disease the meat you are eating is via uh, through us we check if there are no zoonotic disease i think you remember in south africa there was once an outbreak of listeriosis yes uh, there was maybe uh, those who were working with those particular sample didn't check it so it tells you how important veterinary if there's a mistake in the veterinary lab then that is a serious problem uh, for, for 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 human beings so vet will still be here in 20 years vet will still be here in 100 billion years to come it will still exist okay okay ah uh, that's a great answer and <laughs> um quite honestly now or now you start ngizokufundisa ngoba mosinezinjani yakuya lapha imakhaya no people they've got goats people they've got and they've got a cows we, we can't live without animals 
So if we can't live without animals, then we need to, to have uh, a vet to, so that they can monitor their health. So yeah. we, we see that this is a, is a cause, is a continuous cause. It is not going to die tomorrow. Plus, um, you said something about it always needing to exist as long as humans do exist. Uh, we need to remember with Nati as I want to, we need to eat and we eat animals. Funny enough, because we eat chicken, we eat pigs, we eat uh, lamb, we eat um, like cow, and all of these things obviously need to meet a certain standard. They need to be healthy, and I guess that's part of your job to say uh, the meat does meet the standards that are set by um, the government or a certain committee to say that it can be consumed by people. So as long as there are people and we still need to eat, which obviously coincides. Um, I feel like then your your profession, based on what you're saying, will still be relevant. Even I'm saying even after hundred billion, vet will still be relevant. Okay, hundred okay. billion, it will um, still be. By that time, I think you will be uh, one of the ancestors that that generation will be studying uh, about. So, or maybe you will be a coal. Uh, you will be generating electricity. We never know, but even. Mm-hmm. After that time, bed will still be existing. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> just for the young ones here, uh, what's what's a nice thing or the perks or I would say the fun side that you um was this you put out there about your your profession? Like, what would you say or um consider as fun about your profession? Well, I can say you know. It's it's always nice and funny to to see animals, to go there, seeing the breeding. You know, say you go there, you breed the animals, you see how they mate. That, that is the funny part. How they mate, they mate in different ways, so you get to learn. And but that becomes so funny at the same time. It is nice. So that is all about a, a, a vet. You, it's funny. It's nice. You, you learn more about animals, how they live their life. Uh, yeah, so that's what I can say about the funny part of, of, of my career path. Okay, okay. Ah, that's great, that's great. Um, and, okay, I know you have, um, like, you work with them and you guys assist a whole lot of people, but this one is just to you directly and as with Joshua specifically. Like, would you be open to sort of mentoring someone um, who may want to join your field? Uh, like, if they, they have, like, quite the, the, the interest, like, would you be open? And if you are, like, how may people, like, reach out to you as Joshua? Well, I'm willing. Every day, I'm willing to assist uh, as many young people as I can to come and join the vet. You know, when there are outbreaks, especially the zoonotic outbreaks, we do need a manpower. And people need to uh, take this course serious because if we feel or if we do not have enough capacity, the country might have a serious problem when there are outbreaks that are related to animals. Uh, I will make an example of one of uh, uh, the, 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 the disease that is, is very lethal to humans. Actually, it's not lethal, but it, it causes um sterility uh brucellosis if we can have the outbreaks of brucellosis 
now the country will be in a serious crisis so we need manpower man we need the human resource to come in we need people to come in study vet so that we can increase our capacity in the testing laboratories so i would each and every day encourage a person to study vet it's, it's a very important course we we need vetex uh, to work in our laboratory in the provincial uh, uh, laboratories in the national laboratories so that we can increase our testing capacity so i don't mind to motivate or to encourage anyone to study veterinary technology okay okay um yeah that's quite um the openness i guess from you but i'm not really surprised because since you petit them and and seven zagatle kanjina I would I would expect really someone of your caliber to be open to assisting other young people who may want to join your field in one way or the other. Um I guess that also wraps up our questions for today and right now we just want to open it up to you if you want to add anything. Um obviously we'll still have the series being long we'll call you for like the part 2 because we've heard Uti you've written quite an extensive letter to the government about um, how do we change the education system and you did point out the problem but also pointed out the solution which a lot of people do not do because people are good at pointing out the problems but they are not really quite efficient or like that good in pointing out the solutions that come with those problems as well um so that one i feel like it should be a separate episode on its own um that will give you so that you take people step by step because i feel like um the manner we like it was once said that since things are changing um and life is changing even students and people consume information differently so why should we continue to give people information the olden ways so right now we have things like podcasts we have things like radio stations and different forms of media and we would like to use this um media platform positively and i feel like that needs a podcast on its own where you are going to take us through the problem that you've identified with your team and the solutions that um come um or that you propose and yeah just going in depth without giving you a time limit but um with that all being said uh, right now i just want to give you um like these minutes to say anything that we might have left out or that you feel like the youth or anyone watching the podcast right now may want to hear well <clears throat> you are leaving that thing that you just mentioned the education <laughs> system in south africa no i'm one person who's against our system of education in south africa because i always refer to the system as uh, the poor help uh, poor broken system of is 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 poor an equal and broken system of education in south africa but as you have said that it, it will be a discussion for another day well my message is clear that uh, as young people we need to unite you know each and every time it pains me to be working in any village or in any kasi uh, across south africa and see young people struggling as you walk across the villages as you walk across the kasi in south africa we own no business and what 
uh, gives back to that is our lack of unity. My wish at all times is to see young people united because I understand the power of unity. If we can unite, then I know Oguchi, we, we can achieve a lot of things. So as young people, whoever would be watching this podcast, I so wish that we, we can unite and then and come up with something, man. We can look at the people who came to our country, look how successful they are. But now what makes us to suffer like this? It's a worrying factor. You, you can't have a, 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 a peaceful sleep thinking about the future of this country because young people are, 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 in, are deep in alcohol. I'm not saying drinking alcohol is wrong, but we are over drinking alcohol. Uh, so our country is at mass. Look at the graduates, man. Uh, many graduates are unemployed. There is high rate of unemployment. Young boys are in deep in drugs. That all those things are worrying. But what needs to be done in order to change that? In order to ensure that the next generation or the the the, the young people who will come after us don't experience what our 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 generation is currently doing. It takes our education system. To repair and to grow our economy, it takes our education, which I said is broken. So since our education is broken, uh, our 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 economy will of course be broken. Since our education is broken, our health will be broken as well. Safety and security will be broken. So there are a lot of things that needs to be done. But where it all starts, it starts by us young people uniting. And once we are united we will be able to achieve greater things in life. So yeah, that, those are my words. Let's unite young people. And by through unity, we can achieve a lot of things. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, those are very good words to close with. Uh, we do need unity, especially in these times. We see that the country is struggling with water, electricity, solutions. Um, generally, we are not in a good place or good space as a country and we do need uh like i would say better solutions um as to how we go forward pointing uh fingers doesn't help right now because it takes no one it's the same thing as being in a, in a sinking boat but pointing at someone and saying those are the guys that are responsible for our boat sinking how is that going to help us at this point because we are sinking as well so how do we then find the solutions and what you say uh, said right now about us actually implementing the solutions um, and uh, doing that through unity is quite profound. And yeah, uh, thanks again, uh, Joshua. Um, it was great having you here. We know you're a busy person and thanks, uh, thank you for pouring us your few minutes so that we have this chat. Hopefully you'll have more time next time uh, so that you can literally take us in depth through that document of how we propose um, that we change the education system of South Africa uh, because we feel like that's a point that should be hammered across uh, or a solution that should be placed across so that um, the masses get to hear and understand where you're coming from. Um, again, Mr. Mashango, thank you for making it to our podcast. Um, have a great evening. Thank you very much, Mr. Makila. Thank you.